Welcome back to AP World History. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the religions in the classical era now by diving into Strayer's uh, chapter 4 in the textbook. And um, we're going to break this into four parts. We're going to look at Zoroastrianism, Judaism, and, and the Greek philosophies to start with. Then we're going to go to Christianity and the Roman Empire. Then we're going to go to uh, the philosophies in China um, during and after the Warring States period. Uh, so Confucianism, Taoism, and uh, legalism. And then we're going to dive into... Uh, for the last part, looking at Hinduism and, and Buddhism and kind of comparing them a little bit. So that's going to be the goal here. Uh, we'll try to keep it short and sweet. And uh, we're going to start with Zoroastrianism. So Zoroastrianism is one of the first monotheistic traditions. Uh, the only one that's older than it is Judaism. And there are some debates that happen between the two, but um, historical evidence and stuff shows that Judaism was probably a little bit older than Zoroastrianism. Um, Zoroastrianism was founded by a guy named Zarathustra around somewhere between 700 and 800 BCE, um, where he sets this up, and he's from what we would now today call Iran, or the region of Persia, and, um, the Persians really adopt this, they like this faith, but they also don't force it on anyone else, it's, they, they don't, they don't believe in, in forcing people to follow their religion, which, uh, kind of becomes a basis for other empires of, uh, religious tolerance, and so, um, it's supported by the Persian government, and what they believe is that there's only one God, because uh, it's monotheistic, and uh, that God is Ahura Mazda, and he's the source of truth, light, and good, and he's represented kind of by fire. Uh, if you go to a, a Zoroastrian temple, you'll see a, a eternal flame there uh, representing that. And uh, he's constantly in this cosmic battle between, um, or with Angra uh, Manu, and uh, eventually Ahura Mazda will triumph over him, and um, we don't know when that's going to happen necessarily, but uh, it will. And uh, when you're done with your life or when he finally triumphs, there will be um, a paradise for everyone, which is going to be light and happiness and stuff like that for all his followers. And the ones that don't follow, the non-believers, kind of go into this darkness. And uh, this is, this is going to be a critical thing uh, to, to look at because or to remember because... Uh, most religions, well, I shouldn't say most religions, there, there was a concept of the afterlife and things like that, but if we look at Judaism, um, they don't really uh, talk about an afterlife at all in, in, in the Hebrew Bible. But then when we get to the, the Christian Bible and the, the New Testament that comes with that, we see this view of an afterlife of really good stuff that's kind of like, hey, this is a great place, light, and a really dark place, evil place. Maybe you think of fire with it. Uh, if you're Dante, you think of it actually as an icy place and where you're getting tortured all the time. We believe that these traditions came through um, with uh, or came from uh, Zoroastrianism. And so we think there's a connection there, and that's the major influence that we have for Zoroastrianism is, um, is that influence on the afterlife uh, within the Judeo-Christian and Islamic traditions. Uh, because before then, the, the Jewish texts don't really show anything on that. Um, and, and really, Zoroastrianism doesn't have much of an impact outside of that. It is still around today in Persia, but it's very small. Uh, it's, not really, um, it's not really supported in Iran. Um, but they're still there. They're allowed to practice what they want. Uh, and they, they kind of get persecuted throughout throughout time, being pushed kind of to the wayside when, when they can be. Um, so those ideas are what make Zoroastrianism a key thing to remember, um, that it influences Judaism, which in turn influences Christianity and Islam. So then if we go down to, to Judaism then, that's the next thing that you would have seen there. Uh, you have the Hebrews or the Israelites. Um, they, they are 
established by or founded by a guy named Abraham. Uh, he leaves the city of uh, Ur in Mesopotamia and uh, moves his uh, family and his relatives uh, and servants and everything else to uh, Canaan, uh, which will become Israel after the Israelites come back from Egypt, being there for a few years, more than a few years, but for a while, and, and conquering Israel and, and making it their kingdom. Uh, that kingdom will last for, for a good while, kind of united, without any kings. Then there gets to be kings, uh, and there are three kings. Um, Saul, David, and, oh, I can't remember the famous third one. He builds the temple. Um, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up here once I, once I pick it up again. Uh, but uh, you have these three kings that uh, united Solomon. That's the last king. Sorry. Um, so they, they're the three kind of good kings, you could say, or whatever, kings that keep Israel united. After Solomon, uh, Israel divides into two, uh, and one becomes Israel, that's in the north, and then the, the bottom part of two kingdoms within the kingdom of Israel, Judah, uh, which is around Jerusalem, uh, become a second part. Judah will last longer than Israel. Um, if you read the Old Testament, you'll hear all the uh, crazy stories going on there and, and kind of the corruption and how people are moving away from the faith there. Um, but eventually both get conquered. The uh, Israelites in Israel get conquered by Assyria in 722, and the Judeans uh, will be conquered by the Babylonians in 586. And this will lead to um, uh, the diaspora, the Jewish diaspora, where Jews are starting to be uh, spread out throughout the, the known world of, of kind of the Western world uh, in the Middle East, North Africa, and Europe. Uh, this starts it. Uh, it'll continue after, way after this. It'll continue to the Roman Empire. Um, and you still have it going today, and actually it still affects today because uh, some Jewish communities are looking for Jews to come back to Israel now that Israel is its own country again, um, which was only established after World War II. And uh, so they're trying to bring people back and end this diaspora. Uh, but that's a lot of people they got to bring in now today. So getting back to the focus of things, um, Judaism, what it calls for is, is there is this covenant between the Israelites and God. And covenant is kind of like an agreement or contract that you could think of uh, that God set up to uh, have the Israelites be a beacon to the world of how God intends his people to act and live. And so that's why you have all these laws and everything else that you're supposed to follow. And there's this morality kind of code that, that you should be doing if you are a, a good Jew. Um, and... So there's this constant communication that we see going between God and the people about what they should be doing, how they should be doing it, and when they're not doing it right, uh, you see bad things happen. Um, and um, this relationship will continue. Uh, it still continues today with this. Um, but we'll see it evolve into a, a more uh, global religion or universal religion with Christianity uh, because of how they kind of phrase things and things that you had to do. This really just focused on the, the Hebrews or the Israelites and that not many people wanted to join them because of all the things that were asked of them. Um, but their ideas will then be passed on into uh, Christianity and we'll see Islam later. And then the last one we're going to talk about here in this, this episode here is, is Greece. So we're getting a little bit away from the, the monotheistic traditions and the first traditions, and instead we're going to look at the first philosophies that come out. And uh, Greece really focuses on rationalism, and uh, their philosophy isn't, isn't a religion. It's, it's that there's nothing about gods in it. They don't really talk about gods. It's trying to explain the natural universe without using superstitious things and and made up made up ideas or the imagination to do it um i guess you kind of have to make up the ideas to come with it but they're supposed to be rooted in 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 logical thinking and um 
This comes about kind of between 600 and 300 uh, BCE, but it'll go on way after then as well. Uh, the Romans will pick it up and it'll it'll keep going through. We'll see it really spark up again or, or peak again uh, when we get to the Renaissance and the Enlightenment, uh, the scientific age, all that stuff when we get to uh, later in the European timeline of things. But um, the Greeks uh, kind of, you get some of these philosophers coming around and, and sitting and thinking about, well, how do things work? And so you have some famous ones like uh, the most famous probably being Socrates and his student Plato and Plato's student um, Aristotle. But you have other ones like Pythagoras. Uh, so if you know your, your triangle A squared plus B squared equals C squared, that came from that guy and he did a lot more than just that little triangle shindig. Um, but you had these guys. And so Socrates came out around uh, 469 to 399 BCE. Uh, he asks a lot of questions. Uh, he doesn't say that he's necessarily brilliant, but he, he questions everything that people ask and makes them defend their, their positions on things. And um, this will then lead to people questioning not just uh, people's attitudes or motives or morals or what they think is right, but also how does the universe work? What, why are there, how many categories of animals there are? How many categories of elements are there that make up things? And so you get all these different kind of ideas coming out of that. And so Socrates uh, will die. He'll drink hemlock uh, for upsetting the Athenian uh, government uh, with his questioning. His student uh, Plato will set up a school and continue his teaching style. And then Plato's student Aristotle will be kind, of, kind of become a rival instead of his own rival school um, in Athens to, to teach his kind of philosophy there. And um, they again, they... They do a wide range of subjects. It's not just thinking about morality or, or what's right. It's it's trying to understand everything. And and the big thing that uh, will come about with this, uh, the long-term effects are that rationalism becomes a, a, a critical thing uh, within the Western world. And that Platonic thinking or, or Plato's ideas on things and, and how to question things and what to do uh, will, will come about uh, with the Roman Empire. It'll rise to kind of a peak, and it'll, it'll mesh itself within... Um, um, the Roman thinking of things and then it'll go away with Christianity and they'll go more to Aristotle but we'll see Plato still around with uh, when Islam rises up in, in the Middle East and so uh, they'll, they'll bring it back and then their findings will lead to our, our renaissance in Europe and the scientific revolution and, and bring us to kind of where we are today after hundreds of years of processing what they were saying back here 2,500 years ago. So that's Kind of everything that we're going to go through with these philosophies and these first monotheistic traditions. Next up, we'll look at uh, ancient Rome and Christianity.